Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Liz Faircloth from DeRosa Group. Welcome, Liz. Hi, Rama. Thanks for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Little bit about Liz. Uh, Liz began her real estate journey in 2005. She co-founded DeRosa Group with her husband, Matt, where she helped the business grow for over a decade. During that time, Liz was active in management consulting where she developed an ex- expertise in a personality assessment program. Working with small and Fortune 500 companies, she has created and facilitated hundreds of trainings and workshops for universities, conferences, and executive level trainings. While earning her master's degree in social work in her 20s, Liz developed a passion for supporting women. In 2018, she came together with her good friend, Andresa, to launch the Real Estate Invest Her podcast and community. Their mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life on their own terms. So with that, Liz, you developed an expertise in a personality assessment program. So would you share a little bit more about that? Who can you know, take that assessment program? Oh, yeah, sure. So so while my husband and I were building our real estate investing portfolio, I, you know, made the considerable effort to keep, you know, to, to have a, you know, consult and a job and all the good things that matter when you're paying mortgages, paying bills and starting a business, especially in, in real estate, because it doesn't just happen, happen quickly overnight. So anyway, we kind of dual, you know, focused on me working, my husband working full-time in the business, me working part-time. And I developed an expertise in a, an assessment tool, a personality assessment tool called the predictive index. So I became really knowledgeable about what motivates people, what makes people tick, you know, under pressure, how will you behave and how we use this is a very simple tool, but it was used in team building and hiring people and really communication development between uh, manager to employee or manager to colleague, et cetera. So I did a lot of facilitating of workshops and communication training and sales training all around figuring out what makes people tick and then optimizing that and and leveraging it and also adapting because we do need to adapt as people, but, you know, getting people in the right seats for the, for the right roles and then how to develop them based on their personality was what I did for over a decade. And then I I left that to, to join my husband actually two times. (laughs) And the second time uh, in 2013, I left that work. Uh, But I do uh, appreciate it so much because it's so relevant to building businesses, entrepreneurship, and what we do, right? And team building uh, when we are in the real estate investing space. So very relevant stuff. I'm, I'm appreciative of that journey. Awesome. And, and also you created and facilitated hundreds of trainings and workshops for universities, conferences, and executive level trainings. So would you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. I, I developed a passion. I think so often we don't know what we really enjoy. We don't know what we're good at. And I think that's an important thing we always have to be very mindful of because once we know what brings us joy, right, and what our core genius is, we can better be better and, and more effective on a team, especially when it comes to, you know, especially multifamily and this investing business because it is a team sport. So long story short, when I when I was in a um, when I was in graduate school, my brother-in-law gave me the opportunity to begin speaking and doing presentations on leadership development. 
and, and going to college students to basically help them determine what their passions were, what their core genius was, what were their, this is long before my personality assessment days. So anyway, I, I got a sense of really the, the training aspect, the speaking, the facilitating, but it was all on soft skill training. So it was mostly on the uh, on that side of it was really empowering, even alcohol awareness, you know, for college students and 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 what their strengths are, and you know, diversity training, uh, all those sort of things that college students need to know, and but are all the things that they don't learn in school necessarily. So that's what got, gave me that kind of breath of training and facilitating, and I really loved um, helping people in that way. One of I realized is one of my passions, and then when I work with the personality assessment for over a decade. That's the, that's the work I did as well in terms of team building, leadership development, communication training, sales training, all those sort of kind of workshop type of uh, programs. That's what I had the expertise in. And that's what I facilitated, not to college students anymore, but more on the corporate level and for companies and, and, and um, you know, those sort of avenues. So as we morph into invest her and all the things that we're doing now, it's probably one of my favorite things to do is to teach and train and, and and facilitate different sessions for the women in our community. So awesome. And uh, in your journey, like, you know, maybe 17 years in real estate or any other stuff, like you might have took multiple decisions in different point of time. Share me any few decisions that helped you to taking you to next level. Or meaning like share like a, a time that I, I was kind of at a crossroads of just, yeah. you know, okay. yeah. anytime, anytime, like, any one dish and that that take you to next level, you know. One one situation got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there's been multiple times. I think. I think as leaders, as people, as entrepreneurs, you you create something, you're moving towards something, and then a new challenge comes up against you, right? And then you're like, hold on, I, I've been mastering this. It's like it's like children. I, honestly, it's like my once I get the you know toddler stage my daughter's not a toddler anymore, right? So now she's in the new the new age group, but I've just kind of mastered the toddler stage, but now I don't have a toddler anymore. It's the same thing, I think, in business in some ways in that you start to get good at something and master something, and then you jump into something new or a new pivot and the new challenge comes up against you because you were not prepared for that, right? What you've mastered or what you've gotten um, prepared with was behind you, not in front of you. So it's happened multiple times, Rama, in, in my 16 years of investing and building various various businesses. I would say when we, uh, you know, especially from, a, from an investing multifamily syndication side of our business, we um, were growing really well. We started to scale into larger buildings. We were we were the investors that started with a duplex, and then we went to a fourplex, and then a ten unit, and we just steadily grew. And then we got into a two hundred twenty two unit, and then the, the large multifamily space. And when we were closing on that two hundred twenty two unit, we got a lot of money stolen, us and our investors' money stolen from us from a ten thirty one of a previous eighteen unit into the two hundred twenty two unit. It was a uh, 1031 exchange custodian who uh, pretty much just was like a mini Bernie Madoff and ended up stealing millions of dollars from various people who had their 1031 exchange money with him. And, and, and he ended up taking about $750,000 uh, stealing, excuse me, $750,000 from, from ourselves as well as our, our investors. And that at that point, we were like, I guess we were blindsided from the perspective of like, number one, that this can happen. Number two, you know, we were in a really good strive, Rama. We were growing our business. We were, um, you know, we went from, you know, say 50 investors to hundred, like we were really growing our passive investor pool, uh, adding, adding more thought leadership, getting, getting our names out there, adding our team. We were really like doing the right things to grow into larger multi. 
And then that happened. And that was tough. I mean, that was four years ago. And I, you know, if I talk too long about it, I might, I might end up crying. My, my point though, and actually it's turned out really well. And we merely made lemon lemons out of lemonade. I talk about that in different podcasts, but my point in sharing that is that that was something that happened when we went to the next level. Now you can say that was not the reason. <laughs> However, I look back and I say, that was a test. You know, I mean, we, we have investor money at, at stake. So we are always very beholden and very, very mindful of like protecting their money and doing whatever it takes, right. To make things right. No matter what happens in these projects, even though we didn't steal the money, right. We felt very responsible as the, as the, as the operator. Um, and, and we did make right and, and everything turned out great. Um, but that took time. So my point in saying that is I think anytime we, we step into something larger that stretches us, although we're prepared, we get these curveballs that we did not know that could even happen. And it, and it, it tests you, right? It didn't make us stop. It actually only made us grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I remember this story, I think, uh, by reading your book, I think. Yeah, it's, it's in, yeah, Matt's Raising Private Capital book. Yeah, from uh, Bigger Pockets. Yes, yes, yeah. W- what is your investment philosophy, Liz? What is my investment philosophy? That's a big question, Rama. I I, I would say, I would say I'm a very, I'm a very big fan over time, we I think we've become more conservative, but smarter investors. And I think when we be, we began, we were so focused on which asset to buy versus what what like is the best market to invest in. And you know, th- thinking investment wise strategically, yep. I don't think we started that way. And I think we've so philosophically, I, I'm I'm a very big fan when people say, "Oh, should I buy a vacation rental? Should I buy a multifamily right now?" I think those are too quick of questions, uh, too too soon to ask those questions. I think the, I'm, a, I'm a big fan from a philosophical perspective of what are your short and long term financial goals? You know, what do you want this vehicle of real estate to to do for you? You know, that's the bigger important questions that people just don't ask themselves. And then they get into whatever's hot going on, multifamily or fill in the blank. And then they scratch their heads and they're like, why am I doing this? Uh, This is not yielding the financial results I wanted and I'm out. Well, if they had done the work at the beginning to kind of like course correct and really think about strategically how active they want to be, how passive they want to be, what are their big goals, short-term, long-term, what are their lifestyle goals? That those all, what returns do you even need or want? To yield the you know to to yield the financial goals that you have is it connected to retirement? Are you trying to replace your job? These are all different questions that yield different strategies. So that's my investment strategy. My investment philosophy is don't start with the questions of should I invest in a short term rental or a long term rental uh, yeah. asset class or which market should I get involved in? It's more important to get a sense of what your goals are long term and short term, and which asset class is going to match your goals is the better question to ask. Yeah, perfect. Perfect answer. Yep. And uh, I think you have a lot of experience in real estate space. So would you share any any key skills uh, help you to be successful in this journey? Yeah, I mean, I would say skills and also just like how to, how to think about the market. I would say right now, you know, I, honestly, if someone said to me, you don't, you know, if someone literally took all of our units away from us and me and my husband literally were literally starting today, you know, and said, you have to start investing in real estate today, or you would like to invest in real estate today, what would you get into? I mean, multifamily, it's a, it's a very overheated market marketplace right now. It's a very overheated asset class, especially since COVID it's only gotten hotter and more crowded, if you will. And when there's a lot of crowds and when it's very, you know, very um, heated, 
prices go up, correct? And, yeah. and people will overpay for things when they're not being as smart or conservative. So we have an unfair advantage. We've been in this business for 16 years. We have teams built and we've broker relationships and we are buying. We just bought our largest portfolio to date. Um, two months ago, we closed on 670 units. So we're very active in multifamily and we will continue to be. But if I had to start over, I think the most important skill and the most important focus right now in the low, like literally in the economy right now would be, you know, getting more focused on repurposing and being creative, creative use. And also most importantly, like what does the market need and what is, where are you looking to invest and what does that market need and want? And what are the problems that you can solve? I think the skill of being a problem solver and being someone who's like, who do I want to serve are the better questions to ask versus, you know, how, how can I buy a multifamily? I mean, because honestly, right now I would be converting, if I had to start over, I'd be converting every desolate commercial space that is not getting any interest in this, you know, in, in various markets, I'd be converting that into some sort of like probably, you know, a long-term asset or a mix between short-term and, and long-term if it would, if it, the market needed it. My, my point in saying all that is that the most important thing people can do and the most important skill is that they're a problem solver and they're solving problems of that local community. Because if you're solving problems in the local community, you're going to have investments and people are going to want to, you know, either invest with you, they're going to want to rent from you, fill in the blanks. But if you don't come from a problem solving perspective, you're going to be like everyone else and you're going to be overpaying for, for buildings and, you know, properties that quite honestly are not going to make sense when, when things shift. So I, I'm just a big fan of solving problems. And that might mean something very creative or some sort of reuse, repositioning, um, thinking outside the box. That's what I would be focusing my energy on if I was a brand new investor right now. I wouldn't be doing what everyone else is, would be doing, to be honest. Yeah, that's great points. Yeah, thank you. So would you share any, any challenging experiences in our journey? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, uh, besides the close to a million getting stolen from us, that probably takes the cake of the most challenging time uh, in our 16 years. But I would say there was there was multiple times, Rama, that there's challenges. I mean, you know, you, you every again, every time you you shift, I think for many, probably for the first eight years of our investing, to be honest with you, we got involved in a lot of different niches. I think we were young. No, I don't think we were young. We were, we started in our twenties. Not that all twenty somethings are clueless, but we certainly were naive. We didn't have a whole lot of business sense. I, I can't say that we did when we started. Uh, we just had this dream and we had this drive and we had this like never give up mentality, which was very useful. However, I think the the most important challenge we had when we started and something we're mindful of is basis our personality, basis of what gives us energy. We got involved in a few different asset classes all at the same time, and it really didn't give us space and and from a like you know conservative perspective to to mitigate the risks of those different asset classes. So we ended up you know doing more flips and partnering with various people or doing a construction project with a new partner or you know and buying multifamily and buying a commercial building. We were a little bit all over the place when we started until we really got focused on multifamily. So I think. But depending on someone's where they are in their life, depending on uh, what they have access to, we had, you know, we had some lines of credit. It wasn't like we were millionaires by any chance. We, we really borrowed money and, and, and work with lines of credits when we started to get going. That's how we got our start financially. I think the key challenge there is to get, we were not as focused as I think we could have been or should have been. And those are all learned lessons that those make great stories. Honestly, it's great education for other people. So um, I think that's why in our journey, we, we, 
we, you know, did what we did. However, if people are getting started, right, we want to, we want to like learn from others. We want to reduce the risk. Um, we want to take shortcuts. Who doesn't want a shortcut, right? So I would say get focused, become very, become a master at that, that asset class, become really good at it. Relationships, team, systems, everything. Then you can pivot, you know, then there's a time to pivot. My husband and I are talking about a few different things to pivot into because not that we've mastered multifamily. There's always a surprise. There's always something, but I think we're at a place that, you know, we feel very comfortable. So we weren't there right many years ago and we should have stuck to one thing first. So that, that was, I think the biggest holistic challenge we had. Other people have different challenges, but I'd say that that's one for us. That was big. Yeah. Got it. And thank you. So would you also share any of your best experiences? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we started to look at, okay, these are the challenges or this is, we're getting involved in different things, especially like we were flipping a bunch of properties and we were um, buying, buying multis. And, and we, we analyze, and I always say this to people, like analyze, like do an audit on your business, do an audit on your properties, really know the numbers, really look at them and say, what is working and what's not working. And we had this coming to Jesus meeting where we just really sat down, looked at all of our assets, looked at all of our projects, what was draining our time, what was draining, what was, what was taking money out of our pockets, what was putting money in our pockets, the whole gamut. And it was very clear that multifamily, where we started to work with um, you know, equity partners that was working. And, and so we said, let's go all in on this because, you know, so I think the success there was that we got really focused, excuse me, and then started to, you know, work with active equity investors uh, for a number of our initial assets we bought with active partners where they had a role, we had a role and what have you. And then we started to syndicate. Now is DeRosa Capital 4. We're up to DeRosa Capital 16 now. So four was uh, 10, it was 16 units total. And that was a success in the sense of, okay, we can work with passive investors. So then you're syndicating, you're not working with active equity partners anymore. You're working with passives and passive investors. And we learned that process and developed uh, relationships with these folks and started to get into larger assets with other people. And that was really the trajectory of what propelled us to continue on that path. But, you know, that was a su success in and of itself. Those projects did really well while we owned them. We, when we, when we did end up selling them, uh, it, they did very well. So there, there's been a number of projects since then that, you know, have, have had a good life cycle and good learnings and then it's propelled us into larger assets outside of our markets. But um, yeah, those have been, those have been really good steps, really sh smart moves when we've expanded into other markets as well. Got it. Yeah. And what is your current focus on what's your take on current multifamily space? Yeah. So we're currently focused on probably a hundred plus, you know, units per, per building. Uh, we, we have been doing, um, our last project was actually a, a five property portfolio syndication where we actually bought five different assets in, in two different markets. So uh, currently we're very heavily invested in Lexington, Kentucky and in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We have quite a number of assets and then we have properties in Pennsylvania and we are still working in uh, New Jersey as well. We do have a development project we're working on. But um, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're pretty focused on, you know, we just purchased this large asset. So, you know, we're, we're more of like C-class, C-class asset type of uh, investors, workforce housing. We take more dilapidated buildings and turn them around. That's been more of our MO uh, in our, in our kind of trajectory of what our business plan is. 
And so anyway, we're, we're in the process of, of turning these buildings around. We just recently closed. We're looking at some new markets. Uh, it's always really good to focus on what you know, and but we also uh, like to diversify in different markets. So we're pretty, uh, we have about a thousand units in, in Lexington right now. And we feel like that's what, what our goal was. And, and we feel good about that. Uh, and we're really managing that, maximizing that. But now we're actually... Uh, between North Carolina and the other Southeast sort of markets that we're considering, we're actually going to be diversifying potentially into a new market this year. So that's kind of where we are uh, building a team, you know, really, you know, just continually working with our property management company and, and, and what have you, but it's all about the team. It's all about the process. It's all about driving to, uh, and, and the costs have gone up, right? You know, yeah. our, we've seen that in terms of labor, in terms of in terms of the bids that we got before closing, the bids that we have now are actually 5% higher. So managing all those things in the current landscape, we underwrote for that. But regardless, you, you know, you're still managing all that. So our goal right now is to turn our buildings around as fast as we can and um, just kind of get, move out our, you know, execute our business plan and and potentially look at new markets. To where right. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Oh, so many books. I'd say Mindset Wise, Awaken the Giant Within has been one of my favorite books. Think and Grow Rich has been amazing. You know, I, mean, I read a lot. I'm listening right now to The Yes Brain. It's about uh, effectiveness with with as a parent. It just kind of depends on where I'm at. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a, a book on negotiation or listening to a book on negotiation. But yeah, I think core mindset, like what set me up when I was in my 20s, Awaken the Giant Within by, by Tony Robbins was one of my favorites. Yep. Awesome book. And how can listeners can connect with you, Liz? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm active, um, active on the DeRosa side. I'm also very active on the real estate invest her side. Uh, we empower women to live financially free and balanced lives. And we we actually have a conference coming up, Rama. I have to behold and to say, I mean, uh, mistakenly not to not to share real quick, uh, June 23rd and 24th, we have our Invest Her Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we're bringing together women across the country. It's going to be a, a just a transformational experience. Really excited about it. But uh, if any of your listeners themselves or know women in their world that are investors or starting out, we would absolutely invite them to join us on June 23rd, 24th. Uh, you can learn more about that. You can join our free Facebook community. Um, you can just learn about what we're up to with our meetups across the country. Just a lot of free resources we have are on our website, therealestateinvesther.com. And then we're also active on Instagram. We are, our podcast is uh, twice a week we release. We are published by Bigger Pockets as well. So check out our podcast, The Real Estate Investor Show as well. Awesome. And thank you very much, Liz. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, Rama, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for, uh, you know, having me on to share my my experiences and I, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.